0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want to share what I really do believe is a word. I'm not trying to make light of what's going on in America, but sometimes it's better to laugh than it is to cry. Anybody believe that? And so uh, today, if you're brand new to church or you come every single week, my intention is very clear. I'm going to teach the Bible. I'm going to share what I believe God is speaking to us in this time of history. I want you to know I'm not mad that I'm alive in this, in this window of time. I'm not angry at God that he let us go through what we've gone through. Crazy year, crazy economy, crazy divides, crazy hostility. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve God in a window of time that it matters. And I believe that's the attitude of God's kids. And I believe that all of you were called for an hour like this that you're on the earth because God said, you're the one that I need to speak up in this time period. And so, uh, you know, I was praying, and I just asked the Lord, I said, God, if you were alive in 2021, physically in the earth, you were still leading the disciples, what would you, if you, if you, inv- you got invited to Ocean's Church, what would you tell the people? What would, you, what would you forecast this year? Obviously, you know everything. What would you tell us? And as I kind of went down that vein in prayer, I believe God gave me a thought to share with you. You know, oftentimes, I wish God would show us 20 years in advance. I wish God would show us every pitfall, every, every uh, pothole, every curve, every hill, every valley. How many wish that God would just kind of be like a Tesla GBA, GPS system that tells you every charging station between here and Chicago? I wish God was like that, but unfortunately, sometimes God is not like a train that you hop onto his will, and it takes you directly to your destination without any stops. God's will is more like sailing. It's like waking up every morning and going, God, what are the currents like? What are the winds like? And how do I adjust my sails to capture your air? Today we're going to navigate. If you believe that, come on, say amen. Amen. We're going to have fun today, but I do have a word to share with you. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, I want to read 12 verses about a guy named Moses. And then again, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 7. Last week I talked about... um, about going up, the week before that I talked about waking up, today I want to talk to you about um, taking action, Arise to action, action, and so uh, today, uh, if you have your Bible, Exodus chapter 3, it says in verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, say it with me, Jethro, that's fun to say, it's like saying Francisco, we'll keep going, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, he led the flock to the backside of the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. So Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why does it burn with fire and not be consumed? So when God saw that he turned aside, he he was curious. I want you to know that one of the greatest things you can do with God is be curious. Some of you have never been to church before, and you're like, man, I don't know why. This place is kind of fired up and kind of rowdy. I don't know if I like it or not. Holy curiosity has changed many destinies. And it was when he turned aside that God actually did something in response. It says that when he turned aside that God spoke to him from the bush, he said, Moses, Moses, his response was, here I am. He said, do not draw near this place. Take off your Birkenstocks, your Tebas. Your flip-flops, come on, Orange County, for the place that you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said to him, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I've seen their oppression, and I've heard their cry. I believe in America, God has seen oppression, and I believe that he's heard our cry. I don't know who you are today, but I want you to know that we have a God that sees and we serve a God that still hears. Some say, Mark, don't, isn't it coexist? Aren't all religions the same? Come on, they all meet in buildings. They all claim a deity. They all have a holy book. Aren't they all the same? They all look alike. Isn't it the same deity? One guy got up and, 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 and we saw it went viral, Amen and a woman. I'm like, all right, let me listen to me. Just because taxis look the same does not mean they go to the same place. Just because airplanes look similar, I want you to know that different directions determine different destinations. You ever been on an airplane before and they say, hey, everyone, real quick, before we leave, if you are not going to Boise, now is the time to get off the plane. I've been on planes and be like, oh my gosh, I am on the wrong plane. I want you to know that Christianity claims things that no other religion claims. My grandma was a missionary in Japan and China. She said, people said, what did you do for a living? She said, I was a Buddhist exterminator. She said, I I met with Buddhist priests. I met with with all these different religious leaders. And they would sit down in the temple and they would say, what is the difference between your Buddha and my Jesus, and your Jesus and my Buddha. And my grandma would say, "Come on, a single woman in her young 20s, a disciple of Amy Simple McPherson, with fire in her eyes, she would say, "The difference between your leader and my leader is, is he still hears. He has a grave that has been evacuated. He's not in the dirt. He's not buried in the ground. And we're not just studying what he has said. we're still serving a God that still speaks." I don't know, that's kind of strong, Mark. Isn't, isn't that in, uh, unpolitically correct? I'm telling you that that love is not approving is is love love is loving everyone is not approving everything. And I believe that you don't have to approve of everything to love everyone. It says that he he heard he heard his voice Moses. Moses, take off your shoes, do not be afraid. And he said, "I've seen the oppression, I've heard their cry." I've seen their taskmasters. I've I've seen the drug uh, drug addiction. I've seen the sexual perversion. I've seen the moral decline. I've seen godliness leave the nation. I've seen us try to get God off of our money, out of the pledge of allegiance, out of our schools, out of our courtrooms, and try to eradicate His fingerprints from the foundation of our land. I've seen their taskmasters, but I've come to you today. Because I've heard their prayers, I've seen their oppression, and I've come down to deliver. Out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up to a good land, a large land, a land flowing with, come on, milk and honey, with Chick-fil-A, come on, Christian chicken, a place of the Canaanites, a place that God would drive out the Hittites, get rid of the Amorites, drive out the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jubasites. God said, I'm big enough to get rid of the cellulites. Come on a big God, <laughs> tricky people to get rid of, he says, listen to me, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, I've seen oppression, I've seen how the Egyptians oppressed them, I've, and I've come now, I, I need you now, Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, Moses goes, God, who am I? Who am I? I'm an 80-year-old shepherd in the Sinai Peninsula. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And I love how God never responds to the insecurity of man. Instead, He does this. He reassures us that He will certainly be with us. And this will be a sign that He's with us. That when we come out of that, that bondage, we'll actually worship God on the mountain. We come out of that bondage, we'll worship on this mountain. I love that God brings us out, and when he brings us out, one of the greatest evidences is that he gives us a message of what he brought us out of. He gives us a reason to worship him. It says in Matthew, this is where I feel like we're at right now, it says, it says, therefore, therefore, whoever hears Jesus talking, whoever hears my words, whoever hears my words, he says. And, and and here's my words, and uh, does what I say, it's kind of like a wise man who built, kind of like a wise man that built his house on the rock. And uh, the rain fell, 2020 landed, you know, crazy stuff's happening, Bet's heads are falling off. It's just a crazy, crazy, that's a movie quote, crazy year. He says, hear the, hear the words of mine, and does them, I will liken him, uh, I like the wise man built his house on the rock, but everyone who hears, but doesn't actually apply what they hear. It's like these people that actually, they hear the words, but they're foolish because they build their lives on sand. And when the, and when the winds blow, and the floods come, and the rains beat against that house, it says the wise man's house stands, and the foolish man's house falls. I want to talk to you today, I, again, I wish God would have given me like, this is going to happen the next 20 days, 25 days, 30 days, and then in 60 days it's going to happen, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. I wish I could give you accurate details, but he gave me a word for all of you. But it's going to be, listen, not maybe not what you want, but it's going to be what you need. Are you ready? I want to talk to you today about taking action, rising to action. You ready? God, I just pray that you'd meet with us today. I pray that you would just dismantle any of our, our, our religious uh, walls. I pray even right now, Lord, any religious spirit, any divisive, any, any, I just, I, I just, I come against any doctrine of devils and, and, and deceiving. Uh, it talks about in the end days, there will be doctrines of devils and, and deceiving, deceptive spirits. I declare today that the only spirit welcome in this church is the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. Lord, would you love us well? Would you lead us well? And would you guide us into this new year? In Jesus' name we give you the day. And everybody said Amen. Everybody said amen? amen. I like uh, I like movies like anybody else, and probably like most guys, I try to avoid chick flicks. I don't like crying in front of my wife or by myself. <laughs> and uh, my wife loves, you know, these movies like you know, the notebook and some of these chick flicks. Come on, who likes you've got mail? And some of these, you know, these movies that's old school right there sleepless in seattle come on somebody and uh watch some of these chick flick movies but i'll be honest i'm a guy so i just i'm drawn to action i like action movies i like getting my 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 guys together i like going to a movie opening night come on who remembers movies do it again lord who remembers samples at costco come on do it again lord Ah, miss those i uh go to movies but i just i love action i love i love drawn to Action, I'm just, I'm wired, I like, I like things exploding and things going on and things keeping your attention, I, I got a little bit of, you know, ADD, come on, but thank God I have a good G-O-D now, straighten me out a little bit, but I, uh, I I'm telling you, I like action, I'm just thinking about uh, God's desires, you know, in the, in the context of this year and uh, just thinking about even today how cool it was that all of you were not only a part of believing that world, the world needs to change but actually us leveraging our money and saying we're going to not only believe that we could change something, we're going to do something. I believe the world is drawn to people that take action. Something inside of all of us that goes, I want to make a difference. No one's guaranteed to live 80 years, 100 years. And the truth is, most of us, towards the end of our lives, start wondering this question, what will I be remembered for after I'm gone? Some people say that an inheritance is what you leave to somebody. But a legacy is what you leave inside of somebody. And there's things that we do with our lives that we leave on the earth. And as I was praying, I was studying, I just, I I couldn't get away from this, this call to action that God was saying, this is the hour that I wanted you to be here. This is the hour that I wanted everyone in your church to be in Orange County. This is the hour that I've called you to live, and I'm asking you not only to believe in me, but this is the hour I need you to actually take action. You know, many times when we see negative things happening, we start to believe the lie that God has done. I can't tell you how many false prophets I've heard on Fox News and CNN, other parts, media, declaring and prophesying. Who are the false prophets of our day? They're news anchors. And they're declaring how God has done with America, and how things are going to fall apart, and how the wheels are coming off, and how the, the, the best days of our history are in the rearview mirror. I want to let you know that there is good news in the Bible that says that God has a future for us. We don't process information like those that don't have Jesus. We run everything through the filter of God's word. Can I get an amen? Many times we listen to reports on TV, and we put more emphasis on what they say than even as Dominic shared, than what God says. I'm not ignoring facts, but I'm also not ignoring God. That's what faith does. Faith does not ignore facts. But it also does not ignore God. Moses went through a tough season. If you don't know the story, you can read it in Exodus 2 and 3. Basically, he's drawn out of the waters. He's spared. I believe before every great revival, there's usually always deliverers. Throughout history, God has raised up men, women. You look at history books, you see people like Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival. You see people like Amy Simple McPherson. You see people like William Seymour. You, you see John G. Lakes and A.A. A. Allens and Smith Wigglesworth. And you, you see these men and women that actually, they, they rise. You see Spurgeons and Wesley and all these mighty men and reformers and women's and Catherine Coleman's. And I could go down the roster of people that God raised up for instrumental windows of history. And and oftentimes it's easy to know when God's getting ready to move mightily because there is always an attack on babies. In Moses' day, it says that there was babies being aborted left and right. Left and right in Egypt. They were aborting babies. And it says that he was drawn, his mom put him in the river, and he was adopted. He was drawn out of the river, hence his name Moses. That's what it means, drawn out. And he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter as a prince in Egypt. Good name for a movie. And he's raised in the palace. He grows up at 1600 West Pennsylvania Avenue. He grows up in the most economically beneficial environment you can grow up in. He's educated with the literature of Egypt, the language of Egypt, but he knows that he's a part of the Jewish nation. He has this crossroads moment that he goes, Will I dishonor the kingdom in my heart to honor the nation of my land? And he crosses this crossroads in his life that he goes, will I stand with those that are oppressed or will I be silent with, with the people that belong to me? And he had this aha moment that maybe God brought me here and maybe I'm in a dark nation, but I have God's light in my heart because maybe God wants me to be a part of being the solution. So he did what some of you have done. You, you, you take a step of faith. He actually takes the law into his own hands. Commits murder. Kills some guy that was beating up a, a Jew. Beating up one of his countrymen. Actually kills this guy. He gets reported. He gets, he gets narked on. He goes on the run. He's on America's Most Wanted. He went from the show The Bachelor. Come on. The greatest bachelor in Egypt. Giving away roses. Come on. Living in the penthouse suite. He goes from the very, very top to being a non-convicted felon. A murderer. He actually goes on the run. He's on the FBI's most wanted list. He, he flees to the Sinai Peninsula. He marries the priest Midian's daughter. He becomes a shepherd. And from the age of 40 years old to 80, listen to me, 80 years old, he actually is a, he goes from a prince to a shepherd. There is not a more drastic social economic pendulum swing in the ancient world than being a prince to bring a shepherd. That is the highest to the lowest. He was like listening to Drake's song backward. I started at the top and now I'm here. It's for the youngsters. I want you to know that he has not a rags to riches story. He has a riches to rags. Have you ever done what you feel like God wanted you to do and the results were not necessarily beneficial in the moment? I've been in seasons in my life that I feel like I stood up for what was right and I got punished for it. I got persecuted for it. Man, you don't meet in person, you get persecuted for it. You meet in person, you get persecuted for it. You're too liberal for some, you're too conservative for others. And it seems like the commonality is, is you can't please everybody. You ever stepped out? I feel like God's speaking to us to do this and not everybody's happy. By the way, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you want to please the crowds, do nothing. Because no one cares what you do until you do something. That's a word for somebody. You want to make everybody happen, just sit on both your hands. Do nothing with your life. People don't criticize people that do nothing. Often the evidence that God is using you is that people are talking about what you're doing. And I would rather be a food creator than a food critic. And I'd rather be a church builder than a church critic. And I'd rather be a Christian doer than a Christian critic. Ooh, I feel like preaching in here today always easier to criticize than to create. And I would tell you, you have one life to live. Don't live it criticizing, live it creating. God made you to build. One man asked me, he said, Mark, how are you guys doing? It's been a crazy year. Church is growing like crazy. People are getting saved. We've had over like 200 people get saved in like four weeks. It's been a revival happening in Oceans Church. I said, how are you doing? you stressed out? you overwhelmed? How's life going? You guys doing good? How's your marriage? How's your family? I'm like, bro, thanks for asking. High five. I said, bro, let me tell you. I said, I, it's been busy. It's been great. I said, no, look, hours are long. Pay isn't great. But I said, the retirement package is out of this world. Hey, somebody. It was a church joke. I said this to him. I said, honestly, I, I, I love where we're at. And I said, I know that we're where we're supposed to be because my wife and I go to sleep at night. Dreaming with God. Yes. You know you're where God wants you to be when God is inspiring your imagination to build at night. Yes. I said, I've had windows when I laid in bed at night and I looked at expensive houses on Zillow. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. Felt conviction come in the room. Yes. I've been there before. I've looked at cars. I've looked at trips. I've planned vacations. I've, I, I've lived in moments of my life that I just wanted to kind of numb myself. To just not dealing with what's happening in the world. But I've had other moments that I realized God put me here. And God has given me something in the earth to build. I want you to know whether you're a CEO, a school teacher, a dog catcher, or a mailman, that God's desire for you is to dream with Him at night. We're going to create something with God. We're going to dream about how God can leverage my life to build his kingdom. That's what mercy. The anointing came in there. Amen. God said amen to that point. I'll say it again. Come on. You were made to dream with God. God built us that way. And today I was just, as I was, I was thinking about Moses, you do the right thing and you have something negative happen to you. It says that he goes from a prince in Egypt to a, to a fugitive on the run. Can you imagine being rewarded with trying to do something for God by being rewarded to being a shepherd for four decades? Sometimes we read the Bible, we don't think about it. Listen to me, not, not one year, not two years, not five years. Four decades. That's older than me. Praise God. Listen to me, four decades of leading, non-educated, low IQ, come on, stinky sheep. He got rewarded for obedience with four decades of silence with the lambs. I was going to title that this, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> He's got four decades of silence with lambs. And I was thinking about some of you today, and you're like, Mark, I don't know if you ever felt this way before, but have I missed out on my window of time, of opportunity? Have I, have maybe I, I missed the bus, maybe the divorce or the bankruptcy or maybe the business or maybe relocating or many people oftentimes think they step out in faith, and if it doesn't, re- doesn't yield the fruit that we immediately want, That somehow God has forgotten. God is no longer seeing or hearing. But I just felt as I was praying, I'm sorry I'm fired up this morning. I just feel this so strong. Is many people don't realize that God uses these opportunities. You see, what he thought was wasted time, four decades of leading sheep, in 120 Sinai Peninsula, a desert. Four decades. God, you know, God actually needed someone to lead three million people through the exact same desert called the Sinai Peninsula. Not for one year, two years, but for 40 years. Who better, who more qualified to lead people out of the desert that He has mastered? Because here's what I know about God is what we would label wasted time, God labels preparation. And before any great awakening, before, listen to me, any great revival that hits America or the world, God is looking for people that are prepared. He's looking for people that have actually let God work the darkness out of their soul. Say, God, I don't care if anyone knows what we're doing or if everybody knows what we're doing. We're going to do this for you. I believe if you let God work the darkness out of your soul, he'll bring his light through your life. And we find here that Moses, he, he, he's at this point. He sees the bush on fire but not being consumed. And here's the preacher's commentary on that. This is how we're supposed to live. Do you know why? why? You ever thought about this? Why is it burning but not consumed? What's the significance of that? is God wants us to live with fire for Him, but not burn out. Some of you burn when you were 23. Some of you burn with, with zeal and fire and conviction and passion. Some of you, at one point in your life, you believed for miracles. You believed that God could still speak. You believed that God could give you a prophetic word. One point in your life, you believed that God still gave dreams and visions. But somewhere along the way, someone jaded you. Life tarnished your faith and you're no longer burning and not consumed, you've burnt out. And I believe that God's word today is that we're gonna be a church that burns, but we don't burn out. If you believe it, come on, give God a hand clap and a shout. Hey! What do we know? Stay with me. There's three things I, I, I saw in this passage that is true, because the floods are, are raining, the winds are blowing, there's, there's, there's all this, this, this hostility that's brewing, It's beating against the church right now. It's beating against God's house right now. But we're not going to fall. And I'll tell you why we're not going to fall in this window. And I'll tell you why we were made for this window. And I'll tell you why the church is the hope of the world in this window. Listen to me. You can't mourn the way that your friends that don't know Jesus mourn. You can't be downcast the way your friends that don't know God are downcast. We have the greatest news on the earth. We have a God that listens. We have a God that intervenes when the odds are bad. Yes. A God that, like Gideon, can turn 300 against 135,000. Yes. Listen, we serve a God that specializes in bringing down giants. Yes. Come on, with homeschooled, redhead, barefoot, slingshot throwing, heart playing. Come on, emo musicians called David. Yes. We serve a God that can do the impossible. And here's what I, I want to tell you today is that he went backwards But God was setting him up. And I want to let you know today that 2020 felt like we were going backwards. But I'm telling you, I don't mind going backwards when I'm a bow. Because when you go backwards in the hands of God, you're never going to stay back here. I've learned that whenever God pulls me back, it's because he has a destination that he's going to shoot me forward. The world calls it stinky circumstances. I believe God calls it fertilizer. You show me some people that change the world the next 10 years. I'll show you some people that actually do these three things. Believe, like Moses, that number one, God still speaks. You believe that at doom and gloom, the end has come. That's fine. You can have according to your faith. I believe that God's not done. I believe that he's still speaking. I believe he's still partnering with people that believe that he still can change things. And here's the good news. God doesn't need all of you to believe it. Historically, the majority has argued with God's verdict. Historically. Do you know that, uh, historically, the majority of people, like like Gideon, there was, uh, he he gave the option. Remember Gideon's story? There was 35,000 or 32,000 people. And God says, hey, tell the big group, whoever's scared to go to battle, they can leave for free. And that day, guess what? 75% left. 75%. Think about that. It's crazy. You think about Caleb and Joshua. Twelve spies. How many believe God? Two out of twelve. Listen to me. This is not the majority, friends. This is the minority. And I'm telling you, maybe some of you believe, that California's going to hell, and the church is falling asleep. That's fine. You can believe that. I believe that God is still moving. And I believe He's not done. Because here's what I believe. He's still speaking. And as long as He's still speaking. There are still people that, number two, have the opportunity to listen. God doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be open. And I promise you today, if you'll listen to his words, he'll speak to you. God is a God of dreams. He's a God of visions. He's a God of direction and guidance. The Bible says in Psalms 119 that his "His word is a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. Do you know that ancient rabbis, their wardrobes actually had little lanterns on them? So when they walked at night, they didn't have flashlights. They had little lanterns and you couldn't see in the darkness until you put your foot there. God lights up the steps that we take. I want you to write that down today. God will light up the steps of faith that you take. He's always partnered with humanity. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. So here's the good news. Number one, what's the word for 2021? God will speak. But I have two questions for you. If he will speak, Moses, Moses, yes Lord, take off your shoes. Two things we know about Moses. Number two, if he speaks, number two, will you listen? And I believe this today. Thank you, young man, young lady. I want you to know that if you'll listen, he will speak. He will speak. And I believe that most of us, it's not that God's not speaking. It's that there's too many voices we're trying to listen to. Can everybody just come on, just just have some fun in church for a moment. Can everybody just say for like ten seconds peanut butter jelly? Peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Can we say it like three times? Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. It's hard to hear one voice when you hear a bunch of others. And I've learned if I can quiet all the other voices, I can hear his clearly. I heard the Lord say, Mark, you tell my people not to worry what happens this year, I'm still speaking. And if they will, go further than just listening. Because the truth is, you can listen to a lot of voices. You can actually listen to a lot of things. I believe not only who you listen to, but where you're hearing it from is very important. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? So good. But number two, not only what we listen to, number two, will you listen? But number three, when God speaks to you, that's what he says, there's so many of his children that listen, but they actually never do anything with it. They listen, they're like, man, God is speaking to me, he's convicted me, he's telling me to come higher, telling me to get out of that bad scenario, that toxic relationship, out of that, out of that corrupt business, out of that bad dealings, that, that un living. God's calling me higher, and I've heard him, but I've never been like Moses that I actually took my shoes off never actually obeyed. Hey, I want you to go back where you thought you'd never go. We're more than conquerors. I didn't just get you out of Egypt. I'm bringing you back to Egypt. You're not going to get yourself out. You're going to get an entire nation out. And as you've led lambs, you're going to lead people. And even as the lambs weren't always the smartest, these people won't always be the smartest. But you're going to have a grace for them. Moses, I've called you to be deliverer. Because whenever deliverers are on the scene, there's usually always persecution against babies. Moses came on the scene in the hour of abortion, in the hour of, of genocide. We see that Jesus comes on the scene, right? In an hour of abortion, in an hour of genocide. And I want you to know that unlike many, many windows of history, you are here today. Do you know, like, I think it's, it's one-third of my generation's not here. Didn't make it onto the earth. And this is not condemnation. I'm telling you, I speak the truth in love. If you had an abortion? I have family members that had abortions. God is a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. Can I get an amen? But I want you to know that God is also a God that raises people up for key windows of history. We are, maybe more than any other generation, we could say it with conviction, we are a chosen generation. Your parents chose to let you come into the earth. They could have gotten rid of you and they chose that have you. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. We are God's special people. God called us out of darkness to proclaim the goodness in His marvelous light. And I want to hear, hear this very clearly that He will speak. Will you listen? And if he, if we listen, here's the last question. Will we actually do what He says? He said, there's a lot of Christians that believe in me. Some of you think that believing in Jesus is enough. It's not. I'm going to hit you some, can I, can I smack you with some truth today? I love grace, man, but sometimes we need truth. I want to remind you. Well, I believe in Jesus. I told one of my family members, I said, it's not enough to believe. Even the demons believe. The Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. Yes. Lucifer believes in Jesus, but he ain't going to heaven. Yes. Belief is not enough. We go from believing to surrendering. Yes. He said many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Do we not go to church once a week in your name? Did we not go to prayer meetings in your name? You know what he said? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. One of the scariest verses in the Bible. People that prophesied and prayed. You didn't know them? You know what the word is in the Greek? It's gnosko. In Hebrew it's the word yada. It means to know someone intimately. It's the way that a, a man knows his woman on their honeymoon. I'll keep it PG. Come on. It means to know someone at the highest level possible. And we have many people that have a head knowledge but not an intimate knowledge. God told us that Oceans Church would fill the earth with the intimate knowledge. That's the word yada. That we would fill the earth with an intimate knowledge of God as the waters cover the oceans. Can I let you know that God doesn't want you to have a secondhand relationship with Him. Secondhand smoke kills people but not as many as secondhand Christianity. Some of you only know God through somebody else. And God burns to know you personally. I know I'm fired up today. But I just want to lovingly plead with you that God is looking for people that only won't just listen but go, God, I'll do what you say. Yes. You know, there's actually a word in our English language for listening and doing. It's a word that most American Christians don't like. Preachers don't even like to preach on it anymore. It's a word called Obey. When you mix hearing with doing, is this like a works message? No. We get, we, salvation is a free gift. We are saved by grace and grace alone. Can I get an amen? But listen, we're not just saved by grace, we're saved, we're saved for good works. So much of the church has been like, no, it's just Jesus, just grace. We can sit on our hands and just wait for Him to rescue us. God has a mission for your life. You're in that boardroom you're in that classroom, you're in that bedroom, you're in that neighborhood cul-de-sac. Do you hear me today? Do you know that you are put there by God for a purpose? There's people that you'll talk to this week that no other Christian will ever talk to. Will you occupy your window of history with stewardship? Will you say, God, I'm here, I'm listening. If you speak, I'll do it. Speaking and listening, or excuse me, listening and doing is where we get the word obedience. WHATEVER HE TELLS US TO DO, WHAT what ARE WE ABOUT AT OCEAN CHURCH, WHATEVER HE SAYS, WE'RE GOING TO LISTEN, AND WE'RE GOING TO DO IT. YOU STAND TO YOUR FEET WITH ME. THANK YOU, HOLY SPIRIT, FOR YOUR SWEET PRESENCE. THANK YOU FOR YOUR SWEET PRESENCE. ANYBODY BELIEVE THAT GOD REIGNS? I DON'T KNOW WHY, I JUST FEEL LIKE REMINDING OURSELVES, BECAUSE SOMETIMES YOU WATCH THE NEWS AND YOU THINK THAT PRESIDENTS REIGN. Watch the news, you think other countries reign. You watch the news, you're like, man, the stock market reigns. And oftentimes, you know, what's funny is, I love it says that Jesus is the prince of peace. You know what it means to be the prince of peace? If you're the prince of, let's just say you're the prince of Europe, it means that you own parts of Europe. You're from there. You own that, you're part of that nation. That nation belongs to you you can actually offer authority in that place because you're a part of leadership that place. So when you say that someone is the Prince of Uganda or the Prince of of, uh, Mombasa, uh, the Prince of, uh, I don't know, Brazil, if someone is a Prince in a nation, it means they have authority there. It means that they can give you the resources of that land. It means this, if, if someone is a Prince they can give you the resources of where they come from. When it says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, it means that he owns peace. It means that he gives peace. Because that's where he comes from. I'm telling you, we're going we're to honor God as we close this service out. We'll be out of here in like five minutes. Guys give me five? Who give me five minutes? Five, ten, fifteen, that's all. I'm just kidding. That's all. We'll go five minutes. Listen, real quick. Would you close your eyes? I feel this presence coming in this tent. I just think it'd be really important today to remind us that regardless of what happens this week, our God reigns. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.